Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We are a Sports Eaters presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. We recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Eaters EuroLeague. In today's episode, we go to the Principality of Monaco to talk about the team that ended in third place in this edition of the EuroLeague. Ready to break them down, Diogo? Yes, sir. I'm ready, man. They, they had a, a very good season making the final four for the first time ever so let's get to it man we continue our series of episodes where we recap the seasons of all 18 EuroLeague teams with episodes coming out every Monday and Wednesday a reminder to our listeners that uh, we will be covering the World Cup this summer until we ramp up into the next edition of the EuroLeague Let's uh, dwell into Monaco season, a team that uh, is only on their second EuroLeague campaign, but that has shown signs of being one of the potential powerhouses of the competition moving forward. Monaco arrived on the EuroLeague in the 2021-2022 season after winning the EuroCup in 2021. This season, Monaco went to the Final Four for the first time ever after ending the regular season in fourth place and beating Maccabi on a thrilling five-game playoff series. In the semi finals, they were eliminated by Olympiacos after having a dominant first half on that game, showing the ability to compete with any team on the, the EuroLeague. On the game for third place, they shown the will necessary to win the type of games, coming out of the this season with their best results ever and making a strong case for a permanent place as a permanent shareholder of the, the EuroLeague. Numbers-wise, Monaco ended the season with a plus, a plus 0.8 net rating, being on the top half half of the competition in both offense and defense, with their Achilles heel being the three-point shooting. Duke, the floor is yours to break down Monaco. Okay, so uh, about this team, um, they had a, a very good core of, of guards, uh, obviously Mike James, uh, Elio Cobo and Jordan Lloyd, and then with the young guys Trezel uh, having a few minutes here and there. Um, I think Coach Obradovic, uh, I think he's a good coach. Uh, I think they should have played faster, in my opinion, because with those type of guards, uh, I think they would benefit more from a quick transition uh, style, and they didn't do that as much. Uh, but I think uh, overall, they are they had a very good team uh, in terms of centers, uh, with Monte Unas being the starter, and then Dante Hall coming off the bench. I think those are two different types of centers that can give you different looks. Obviously, with Monte Unas, you can give him the ball on the post, and he can he can get his own shot. He can play with his back to the basket, and Dante Hall being a more uh, a lob threat, a roller and a rim protector. I think they are good on that aspect. I just think that their weaknesses, and I think that was so obvious throughout the whole year, um, was the the small forward position because they had some guys in Alpha Diallo playing the three at times. Um, Blossom game as well, even though he played the fourth also. Uh, but then they didn't have that that one guy at the three. Like uh, Obviously, this might be an exaggeration, but like uh, Will Clyburn, uh, Shevon mm-hmm. Shields, uh, Mario Azonia, one of those guys that can really make a difference for them. It's where I think they really lacked is uh, on that small forward position. And then at the power forward, uh, obviously John Brown, one of the best defenders in the competition. We know that. But uh, I think losing uh, Mormon midseason, I think that really hurt them because he, he was so consistent 
system for them coming off the bench. And then they didn't really have that backup four option. Uh, Moneke came in mid-season, but uh, I think uh, at least I expected a bit more from him. But uh, I think Mormon was really that guy that, that could make a difference for them at the four. But other than that, uh, I just think that if they if they can add a small forward the, that's a, a starter level small forward, uh, I think they are right there to, to be contenders next year. Uh, we know that uh, Tarpe has already signed with them and Jaite from Bologna as well. So maybe they can build a, a, a interesting team next year and maybe try to contend again. But they, they've done a very good job this season, for sure. Let me pick of what you were speaking about, about the forwards and the thought I had when preparing this uh, this episode. Like you mentioned, uh, Jaite is one of their targets and Tarpe already seemed to have signed with uh, the, the Monaco team. But um, if Mike, we see Mike James leaving and a player like Mirotic coming with a strong backcourt of Jordan Lloyd and Elio Kobo, with a promising player in Strasel and we will dive into all of these players on this episode. Do you you think that uh, adding a player like Tarpe will give them more depth on the forward position? They already have Diallo, John Brown, as you mentioned. Uh, and adding a player like Mirotic that can be that uh, dominant forward on the offensive side of the floor to pair with a already strong backcourt, do you think this team will be stronger or wouldn't have such a high ceiling that a player like Mike James gives? Uh, I think in terms of ceiling, uh, I think they may be even better because Mirotic, uh, in my opinion, and we did our rankings, as uh, so I think you agree with me. Uh, I, we think Will Clabern is the best player and I think it, Mirotic is right there in the in the fight for second, uh, as is Mike James, of course. Uh, but I think with Miritich being there at the four, if in, in fact they can get him, and then having Elio Kobo and Jordan Lloyd at the guards position, like I, we think Mike James is a better player than them. But it's not, it's not like they can't play at that elite level, which we know they can. So if they have those two guards, uh, a player like Miritich at the four, and then Brown obviously will be coming off the bench if Miritich is in there and bringing that energy off the bench. And then you have Tarpe at the three. And I mean, I, I think they can have a, a great team if they can make that type of addition. But uh, we don't know yet what's going to happen. But uh, I think they, they have options to, to maintain this level of campaign. So we'll see what they do. But they absolutely had a great season. And I think they can build on this for the future, no doubt. I agree with you. And I keep going back to the moment when Mike James was suspended. And... Um... Not wanting to, to prey on that, but um, we saw the way that the team reacted and the way that players like Jordan Lois step up. And I think that that can be a step forward for this team. Not necessarily parting ways with Mike James. He's a great player and he adds a lot of value to that team. But if they are able to add a player like Mirotic and just build a more cohesive team around him, they can be even better. And uh, maybe we'll continue to see Monaco climbing even further and maybe next year on their 30 and maybe we will see Monaco fighting to be in the final. Well, they already fought to be in the final, but maybe they will be there this time around. But uh, let's yeah, start talking. Way, Go ahead. By the way, uh, I, I mentioned them adding a small forward to be like their focal point of the offense, but if it's Mirotic coming in, I mean, so what? It's a power forward instead of a small forward. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I just think they need that, that one guy on the wing uh, that can score the ball and not be as dependent just on the guards. So if they can add a player like Mirotic, obviously they'll be just fine. And what makes this even more intriguing is them having a player like Strazel ready to give a step forward and he took a slightly step back moving from Asphalt to, to Monaco and this can be a chance for him to also take a step forward and uh, it's just a natural progression for the team and it can be the future for Monaco is something to, to look forward for. But we start 
start uh, by talking about Mike James for us the most important player in this team the 32 years old 6-1 veteran American guard is on his ninth EuroLeague season having played for some EuroLeague greats like Paratinaikos Basconi and Milano and playing for Monaco in the last two seasons Mike James ranked ninth among all the EuroLeague players averaging 9 in PER among all the all the EuroLeague players averaging 15.9 points 4.4 assists 3.7 rebounds and one steal per game in almost 31 minutes played per game despite many high level performances during the season for me the highlight came on the game 5 of the playoffs with a guard being one of the big reasons why the team made it into the final four with a performance of 21 points 5 rebounds 4 assists 2 steals Mike James has been nominated as an all Euro league player three times being in the competition being the competition top scorer in the 2021-2022 season when he won the, the award as the league the Euro league best scorer Diogo what for you makes Mike James the MVP of this Monaco team and one of the best players in the Euro league I mean uh, the first thing that comes to mind is obviously his ability to create a shot whether it's for him or for others uh, he's one of the best playmakers in Euro league for sure Uh, he can score, he can pass, he's so quick, uh, he can play on the open court and, and in the half-court offense. I do think the, the knock on him is that he stops the game uh, a lot. To, he takes too long to, to create his actions, but uh, obviously he's amazing when he does it. Like He can score with such ease, even though he's usually the smallest guy on the court, but uh, that's not an issue for him. I mean, his shot-making ability is off the charts. Uh, I mean, obviously, if he had to, to get better at something, would be uh, defensively. But because of his size, like it's normal to struggle defensively when you're that size. And then on offense, just not being a ball stopper because... And you mentioned when he when he was suspended, like they played more of a team basketball concept. The the ball was moving more. So and I think Mike can fit into that. Like I think he can play uh, in a team oriented style. I don't think he needs to to stop the ball to to be efficient uh, like he is. So we'll see what he does and where he plays next season. But I, I think he's an amazing player and he's for sure a top three, top five player in Europe, no doubt about it. And he absolutely can fit in any any system. He's just that good of a player for, for the EuroLeague. But let's continue to break down Monaco's key players. And now we jump to Jordan Lloyd, one of our favorites. The American guard is 29 years old and he measures 6'4". He ended the season with 12.3 points, 2.7 assists and 1.3 steals per game. Being at moments the, the best player of this team or the most important player for this team in some games. Especially when Mike James was suspended, as we had just spoken about. And Lloyd absolutely stepped up and um, he did it uh, in a very good way on their road win in against Basconia with the player ending the, that crucial win with a 19 points, 3 rebounds and 3 assists and 1 steal. Lloyd is on his fourth EuroLeague season being his first with uh, Monaco after starting his EuroLeague career with Valencia on the season of uh, 19-20. Duke, what makes Lloyd a special player? Okay, so about Jordan Lloyd uh, I don't know if you remember, in our very first episode Uh, we talked about the, the most important pickups for, for each team. Uh, and I mentioned Jordan Lloyd for Monaco because I, I think he's such a key player on, on this team. His ability to play either the point guard position or the shooting guard position. Uh, he's a very good playmaker. He can shoot. He can score. Uh, I just think throughout this year, uh, he should have been a bit more aggressive. And I, I think that aggressiveness would have allowed him to be more consistent uh, throughout the year. Because uh, a lot of times, uh, we knew Mike James was going to show up regardless. 
but then Jordan Lloyd, I think Mike needed Jordan Lloyd and Elio Kogo to, to be there with him because that would open up the court for, for each and every single one of them. And I think that's one aspect where he, he could have been better this year. But uh, obviously next year, and if Mike James leaves and Jordan Lloyd can be the, the main point guard, I think he's going to have an amazing season. And uh, I think he, he's very, a very good player for sure. But uh, I just think he needs to be more aggressive. Uh, I, I don't I didn't like watching him take a, take a backseat to Mike. Even though Mike is a better player, I, I think Jor- Jordan is also on that level of elite guards in EuroLeague. And he could have been better this season, I think. But regardless of that, he still had a very good season. And he showed it like in the playoffs they were in game two against Maccabi where he dropped 30 and, and it was a must-win game because they lost game one at home. So he can show up and, and have these games at any given game, but uh, he needs to be more consistent for them to, to have success again next year. Yeah, he's such a good team player. We saw him many times defending small forwards on the other team to, for allowing Monaco to play with their three guards. And he's just a great piece for any team to have. And I agree with you. I think he can do more. And uh, I'm looking forward for him to take a step forward and to be even more predominant within this Monaco team next season. But let's talk, let's continue to speak about guards and let's talk about the third elite guard that makes Monaco one of the strongest backcourts of this of the EuroLeague. The 6'3", 25 years old French guard that is on his second EuroLeague season after his stint in the NBA. He played in the previous season with Aswell with uh, this being Elio Okobo's first season with uh, Monaco. Okobo ended the season with 12.6 points, 3 3.6 assists, 2.1 rebounds and 1 steal with his best game of the season happening against Jalgiris on round 16 where in 30 minutes he scored 22 points, each 9 assists, grabbed 4 rebounds and had 4 steals. Diogo, at age 25 can Okobo become one of the stars of the EuroLeague? Yeah, I think he can. I think last year in Asvel when he was the best player in that team, he was already one of the one of the stars in EuroLeague unfortunately the team just wasn't that good to for him to be talked about in those levels but uh, in terms of his talent and his skill absolutely he, he is up there and I think if next year if Mike leaves and the backcourt is Jordan Lloyd and Elio Kobo I think he's really going to take that step forward to be one of the most elite uh, playmakers in the in the game uh, but he's so skilled I mean he's a very good playmaker he can score at will he's a good shooter you, we know that step back three he, he likes to, to shoot I just think he needs to improve uh, his decision making a little bit and uh, similar to Jordan Lloyd to be a bit more consistent. But uh, I guess because they play with Mike, it's kind of normal to, to struggle with consistency because Mike does have the ball a lot and these guys are kind of depending on what Mike does. But uh, I think they are both elite players. And if Mike does leave, I think both of them are going to show out next year and they have the ability to, to, to have Monaco in the playoffs again and maybe contending to the Final Four. So we'll see what they do. But these guys are all elite guards for sure. Yeah, this Monaco team is really exciting to, to think about there for the future and what they have been able to build there and um, it is it's not like it's Mike James fault and I know you are not saying that obviously but yeah. uh, this guy shows the flash of being some of the best guards that we have playing in the EuroLeague and if they can be consistent and can be uh, unleashed in a certain way and add another player to, to the, those forward positions that can be another elite player this Monarch team will be very dangerous and certainly one of the best teams in the EuroLeague they already are but they can be completely 
competing for championships moving forward. Yeah, and and by the way, like uh, when you have these two guys fitting in on a team, uh, coming in on a team to fit in with Mike James and being three guards for just two positions, of course, it's going to be tough to to adjust and to to learn how to play with each other. So obviously, in a, a first year, it would always be tough on all of them. So even if Mike does stay and they stay with these three guards, I think they're going to be so much better because they've had a full year to learn each other out. So I think they're going to be good regardless, regardless of what happens next year, whether who comes in, who comes out. I think they're going to be good and hope uh, I can't wait to see it because, as you know, I was so high on Monaco since the start of the of this yes, season. Sir. And I, yeah, I ended up being right. Uh, uh, fortunately for me, they made the final four <laughs> i can't wait to see what they do next year uh, i'm very excited about this team and as everybody on the on the podcast knows uh, i love the the guard play that we have in euroleague and this team is the best you can get is monaco maccabi teams like this with all these guards so uh, i can't wait to see it Yes, sir. But let's talk about forwards and another key player for, for Monaco, uh, that is John Brown, the 31 years old American 6'8 forward. He's uh, one of the more switchable players in the competition, being an aggressive defender that is able to disrupt any other team's game plans. John Brown ended the season with uh, 5.4 points per game, 3.5 rebounds and 1.1 steals. But uh, I don't think these numbers matter much because his impact on the games goes way further than uh, what the stats show and what the box score is able to show. John Brown is one is uh, on his second season in the EuroLeague, with uh, this being his first with Monaco. Diogo, what makes Brown a very impactful player on the basketball court? I mean, obviously, his defense, his energy. Uh, I think he's a, a high IQ player. He, he makes good reads uh, without the ball, of course. Uh, I just think he, he got to continue to develop that mid-range game because I think that uh, allows him to to be on the floor more times because a lot of times due to his lack of offensive talent, uh, maybe they can, the teams can help off of him and that kind of, kind of hurts him. But uh, on the defensive side, I mean, we can't point, there are no negative points to make about him. Uh, he can switch onto guards. He can bang with a center. Like he's such a great defender. I think we have uh, Walkup, Walter Tavares and him. I think those three guys are the, the three best defenders in EuroLeague. Uh, obviously he deserves, he always deserves consideration for defensive player of the year because the way he impacts the game on that end, not being a seven-footer like Walter Tavares, not being a, a sneaky guard. I mean, he just plays defense on everyone that's in front of him. And that's the way he impacts the game. His energy is unmatched. So hopefully he, he continues with this team and they continue to grow with him. Like we mentioned, maybe Mirotic comes in and he moves to the bench. But I think his impact will, will stay the same because every time he's on the court, he's, a, he's a, the best defender on the court and he, he impacts the game that way. So... That's where he is, and that's where he will continue to be. Uh, he's probably the, the second most important player of, on this team after Mike James, just because of the impact he has defensively. He's the anchor for this team, and uh, I really like to watch him play just because of his energy, man. I, I love those types of guys, glue guys, like we used to call them. So Brown is amazing, and hopefully he, he has a great season next year as well because we all love to see him play. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And um, those three players that you mentioned and uh, Nigel Hayes-Davis are probably the, the four best defenders yeah. in the EuroLeague right yeah, now. Yeah. And um, it's just uh, great hold on. I, I, to be I able to watch mention, players like I, this. I forgot to mention Nigel Hayes-Davis because he was such a good offensive player this year that I forgot about <laughs> the defensive part. 
My bad. Yeah. We will get to Fenerbahce, but uh, maybe we'll need to have Nigel as their MVP. But stay tuned to to find out who is our number one player for Fenerbahce when we do their recap. But uh, John Brown is a, an incredible player, and I agree with you. He was probably the the number two player in terms of importance for this um, for this Monaco team. But uh, before we go into the the last Monaco player that we will be talking about, Matthew Strazel, let's uh, shout out to players like Donta Hall, Alfa Diallo, Donatas Montiunas, Chima Moneke, Jaron Blossardgame, and uh, Otara, the team captain, that uh, make this uh, Monaco roster a very special one and had very big contributions for the team's success this year. But uh, because of the time management, we won't be able to break all of them down, but uh, they all deserve a shout out because they all were very important players for this Monaco team. But let's now focus on the Mathieu Strazel, the 20 years old six feet tall French guard. He's uh, one of the promising players of the European basketball and of this Monaco team. At uh, only age 20, Strazel is already on his fourth EuroLeague season. After spending the previous three with Asphal, the player moved to Monaco this season. Strazel's shown some impressive flashes during this uh, EuroLeague season with a great performance on the game for third place against Barcelona where he scored 14 points shooting 5 of 5 from the two-point range and being Monaco's best scorer and on that very important game for for this uh, team. Diogo, what do you think makes Strasel an enticing prospect moving forward? I mean obviously being so young and like you said already his fourth season in EuroLeague that's pretty impressive. Uh, I think he's, he's very skilled as a guard. Uh, we, like you mentioned, the, the third place game, I think we saw flashes of what he can do uh, in, in that game. But throughout the whole year, uh, once he got uh, a couple minutes here and there, he showed that, that he can play at this level. Uh, he's very skilled. Uh, I like his play style a lot. I just think he needs to get a little bit stronger and especially with the the way Monaco is heading, like with the two guards lineup, uh, I think maybe sometimes he will need to be guarding a, a shooting guard uh, or maybe on switches. I think he needs to get a, a bit stronger to, to hold his own on, on the defensive side of the ball. But uh, in terms of offense, I mean, he's so skilled. He, he can shoot, he can drive, he can pass. And obviously he's so young, so he has so much space to grow. And uh, I can't wait to see what he does next year. Uh, I think he will have uh, more minutes and hopefully he, he lives up to it because he's a, very, he's a very good prospect, like you said. And he had he has a, a lot of years left to, to prove what he can do. So hopefully he gets even more chances next year so, so we can continue to see his game grow. Yeah, by age 25, 26, if he keeps evolving, he can totally be a star in the, the EuroLeague. That's why we have him as a player to keep an eye on. But already by age 21, 22, he can clearly be an elite six-man for a team like Monaco and lead that second unit and bring a lot of energy into the offensive game of Monaco coming from the bench. And he's a player that we certainly must keep an eye on. He's also drafted... Yeah, let, let me just, I just want to give a shout-out to him. Uh, one of the games uh, where he really impressed me was uh, in the beginning of the season when Monaco played against Efes. Uh, and he came in, into the game like a, a sixth man. He was one of the first guys to come in, specifically to guard uh, Message and Monaco did win that game, and I think he was very important. So he's shown us that he belongs in here, 
So, like you said, uh, in twenty, in one or two years, he can be like a six-man guy for Monaco. But uh, in four or five years, he can absolutely be a star, no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely, and he he removed himself from the NBA draft, I believe, and he should uh, be in the twenty twenty-four NBA draft. But uh, let's see where he his career will take him. But uh, he's he has the potential to become a Euroleague star. Last but certainly not least, um, we talk about Coach Sasa Brodovic. He started his career in Germany, passing by Ukraine, Poland during his coaching career, having won several titles. He has won several titles, including the Ukrainian National Championship in 2011-2012. Shout out to Ukraine. Arriving to Monaco for the, the first time in February of 2019, he then left to coach the Red Star for a short stint, returning to Monaco in 2021, leading the team during their two great EuroLeague campaigns. We already know that uh, coach Sasa Radovic won't be with Monaco next season. It has been announced that he will be parting ways. But Duke, how do we evaluate his performance leading this Monaco team? I mean, when you look at it, Monaco had these two years in EuroLeague and in their first year, they make the playoffs. They go to game five against Olympiacos and in the second year, they make the final four and they were right on it, on their way to, to win the, that semifinal. But then Olympiacos had that historic third quarter and they were not able to do it. But uh, I think he did a great job with this team. Uh, like I mentioned, earlier in the episode uh, I just wish they would have ran some more because we did with all these guards uh, I think they needed to, to push that pace and they didn't do that as much in part uh, I, I don't blame him because l like we've been saying when we broke down the players uh, Mike James does stop the ball a lot and he on the off-court offense I think Mike takes too long with his action like I mentioned so I'm not going to put all that blame on coach Obradovic but uh, I just think that they could have ran a lot more with the team they had because even at the small four position where they don't have that guy offensively those guys are are all at good athletes they can run they can they can jump so they could have pushed that pace and play more in, in quick transitions i think that was the that should that that would have been the key for them but other than that i think he did a good job and i think he's a big part of monica's success these two years uh, we'll see uh, if he's coaching a, a euroleague team next year And we'll see who comes in to replace him in Monaco. But uh, if they keep this play style, uh, I mean, if they keep these guards, uh, I think they should definitely run more and, and try to be the quickest team in the in the league. Absolutely. So I'll make you a question that I think I know your answer already. But uh, since when we preview Monaco season, probably we'll already know who the coach is. Who would you like to come in and coach Monaco and why? Okay, so as, as you guys know, uh, I'm a big fan <laughs> of Coach Trinci and we know he's not going to continue with Bayern so and, and coach Trincheri said in the end of the EuroLeague season that uh, he thinks Mike James is the best player in EuroLeague and it's not even close so if Mike were to continue with Monaco and have Trincheri as the coach I think that would have been a, a match made in heaven so that that would be my pick for for Monaco to for, for the coach in, in Monaco next year Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, he was mentioned as a, a possibility, so maybe they can make that happen. But uh, what about you? Who would you pick? I am in the same page as you. I'm also a big fan of Trinchieri. Mm -hmm. I would love to see him with Monaco. I think it will be a good um, a good team for him to continue his career. I think he's one of the, the best coaches we have in Europe. And I would absolutely see that happening. So you guys heard it here first. Let's make it become true. Let's... Uh, 
use the European Hoops podcast power to, to make Coach Trincieri the next coach of Monaco and enjoy a great season of Monaco next year. And we have another European Hoops episode in the books. A reminder that every Monday and Wednesday we will bring you a team breakdown followed by our World Cup coverage. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos Euroleague where we bring you any news that break about the competition, must-watch games, injury reports and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre and I'll be seeing you guys soon. Bye guys. See you on the next episode.